There must be a better way to describe things, to arrange words, and a new way to use words to take you to a place beyond words. There must be. Hi, Solomon. Hey, Uncle Ford. What's going on, man? Uh, everything is going pretty well. It is. Going pretty fine. You know we're doing a podcast, right? Yes. Hey, Real Church Matters. We talk Real Church Matters because... Real Church Matters. Real Church Matters. Well, you know how much Real Church Matters? Matters a lot. Matters the most. Let me tell you why it matters. Because this is take number five. <laughs> I knew it was five. Take number five and we still trying <laughs> And we will keep on going Oh boy I think we've already recorded like what Five hours worth of material <laughs> But we're here So thank you guys for listening um, Alright I'll see you guys later No sure. But um, housekeeping Realchurchmatters.com is the website I do podcasts for one reason for you guys to listen and suss some truth and life from it hopefully you do that for those of you who do it doesn't hurt to write a review and uh you can do that on uh, apple itunes uh podcast and, and it lets you review review it lets you rate it get five stars and uh you can also share it on your social media and say how it's blessed you or you know if it has please no blind support Do not say you listen to it if you don't Don't get behind it if you don't stand beside it <laughs> This is no need me even trying to I appreciate you, you trying to support But if you don't really listen to it Just just relax It's okay um, It truly is With that being said Listen and share If you do God bless you Hey What is always important Obedience over audience Obedience over audience But since we have an audience Might as well get to it right Alright Let's go So Solomon My thing that I wanted to talk to you about Was Discipline and the perfect example of discipline has been the last <laughs> the last few times of us recording. One of the times we were recording, literally, it wasn't even. It wasn't even recording. It wasn't even recording. And that was so crazy. I was kind of confused because, you know, aren't record buttons usually supposed to be red? But it could be green for, you know, go. So. Yeah. But it only realized when there was this huge amount of silence until you told me that we weren't recording in the first place. Yeah, because I, I said something real good. And I was about to do the drop, and then I realized, like, there's no red light. <laughs> and it's cool that you get to see all of this, but it's not as easy to do these things just off the cuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful that, you know, God has graced me with that gift. But I realized that there are times where it's very hard for me just being focused and kind of being locked in. Some people can take it for granted of just talking, having good conversation and stuff. It, it's not as simple as people would like to think. Yeah. And uh, 
I appreciate you having you on here. Um, every time you come on here, it seems like you, you're a, a bit older. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes. you're growing in grace, and I, I'm proud of you. Thank you. It means a lot to me. I am proud of you. And uh, the reason I'm proud of my nephew is that he has something that is very key to growth. Is He has a gentle heart, a heart that can still be touched and sussed and molded. And even in your most stubborn times, <laughs> yes, I know that there's a place for God's word. And I know that because you remind me so much of myself and I can have my fits of anger and my anger streaks and my stubbornness. But it's like mama already knew, like there's a place in that heart for this word. And it always found a home and it always was hiding there. And then it just will start to sprout up. And the only reason that we consider weeds to be weeds is because it's not what we want. Yeah. So a lot of times what we consider to be bad growth is good growth to something else. Right. Right. And so and vice versa. Another man's one man's trash is another Another man's man's treasure. Right. And to a lot of the world, God's word is trash. It happens to be our treasure. And even if you don't see it as treasure right now, there's a lot of that trash in you. (laughs) (laughs) And all of a sudden, one day you're going to look at it and it's going to look like treasure. treasure. And you're going to be like, where has this been all my life? And I'm going to look at you as an old man and say, it been that old time, Solomon. (laughs) (sighs) But it's good to talk to you. It's good to talk to all my nieces and nephews and to spend time with you this summer. Um, and we've been talking a lot about discipline. And so um, just to give everybody else, because they haven't been in our conversations, um, discipline is a code of conduct. Yeah. The reason we are considered disciples is because we are disciples, followers of a discipline. Yeah. And a lot of people will say, oh, I'm a disciple of Christ. Well, to follow Christ is to assume his code of conduct, conduct. his way of life, his way of doing things. And so when you say you're a disciple, you're saying you're of a certain discipline. And so as believers, when we say we're disciples of Christ, we're saying we are of a certain Discipline. discipline. We follow his code of conduct as a as your uncle. I sit and I talk with you, not about what it takes to be a man, but what it takes to be a man of God. Yeah. Same way Jesus looked at this, did this these fishermen and he said, come and follow me. And you will and be fisher of men. You'll be fishers of men. He, he said, hey, guys, you already are some a man and you already are a man of means and you already are a man of skill. But you are unlearned in my ways. Right. Right. And so sometimes I can be caught up in you being 15 and kind of the maturation process and you uh, asserting yourself and guiding yourself towards a career and professional life and climbing a ladder of some sort, whether it's Mm -hmm. corporate or entrepreneurship or whatever. But I have to always remember that I don't want Solomon to be of any discipline. I want him to be of a certain discipline. discipline. And I have to show you what is primary in our lives is not to be men of means, but to be men of, of a certain discipline. discipline. To be men of God. God. And you know what? 
It's not enough for those out there. Because it's not an easy discipline. I respect people who go to the gym. Because it takes what? Discipline. Discipline. It's a code of conduct that one must have when it comes to, to exercise. Working out, gym working out. exercising, even to what you eat. And they say what you eat is almost as important as exercising, right? Yeah. It's this way of living, this way of going about things that creates an outcome. And so that takes us to the scripture we was talking about. Tell me the scripture, bro. Those who love discipline love knowledge, but those who hate reproof are stupid. Right. And if we had to put it in a Solomon enforced phrasing of scripture and translation, we would say those who love God's conduct receive the benefits of following such. And those who hate his conduct are stupid. Not according to the intellectual value of this world, but according to the intellectual value of God's world. Yes. See, a smart man is is defined by the world he's in. Right? Right. You see a man walk out of his house naked. What do you think? He's crazy. Yeah. You see a man walk out of his house naked in a certain third world country. What do you think? Uh, I don't really know what to think, but I think it's crazy either way. Some third world countries, everybody's naked. So if you see a man walk out of his house naked in that country, what do you think? I think that's just part of their country. You think, what is he going outside for? Must be going to get the mail. You think something, but you wouldn't think, oh, my God, he's naked. Why? Because you're what? You're naked. You're in that. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're a part of a country where everybody's naked, you do know there's parts of the world where people are naked. At the very least, topless. Right? You never right. seen National Geographic? Not over other people. I mean, there's there's certain civilizations and jungles and stuff like that they uh, in africa they barely wear any clothes so what would be unusual here is the usual there so when we talk about the world being of a certain conduct in the world is not strange right right being of a certain conduct in god's kingdom it's it's perceived strange strange right it's strange for a man of God to operate not in a way of a man of God. And it's strange for men to walk in this world and be men of God. <laughs> right? right? Bro, one of the weirdest things is it could be something as simple as, and this was always my perfect example for this stuff, is that at, at our house when we were kids, we, when people answered the phone, we said, praise the Lord. <laughs> and the kids at school when they got keen to that's what happened in our house whenever they would just call the house just so they could hear me especially me mm-hmm. but or my my parents or family members answer the phone and say praise the lord so it got to the point where kids would call just to hear us say praise the lord and then hang up and you just hear them laughing and then they hang up and they thought it was so funny because, and then I became self-conscious of it. 
But the reason being is because it's strange to this world. Now, does that make somebody a Christian? No. But it's a perfect example of what it's like to be a Christian. If you think that people laughing at you saying, praise the Lord, wait till you actually praise the Lord. If you think that people act weird about you saying Jesus, wait till you start actually living like him. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. There's a standard. And here's the thing. One of the things that I always was like when I was a young man like you, was like, even at the most, the moment where I felt like, yeah, I might want to be a Christian. I was like, if I do, it's going to be after high school. I was like, because I got I to gotta get through high school. Yeah. For me, I just got to get through high school. So high school, I yeah. just I didn't want to be ridiculed. I didn't want to be mocked. But it's not until afterwards that I realized that a lot of the issues that I dealt with and a lot of the mistakes I made in high school were because I didn't operate in a code of conduct that was clearly there in the word. One of those things being, I was not a man of... Self control control. And so I remember being in high school and I'm talking to college recruiters and they're asking me, why is my GPA so low? And I'm telling them, you know, I don't know the kind of the work is kind of hard. The work wasn't hard. I just didn't apply myself. I was slothful. I was lazy. I had no go get up and go to me. Yeah. Right. Right. So who all of a sudden they're like, I find a college that is willing to give me an opportunity. And they're like, all you got to do is keep the GPA you have right now. So you don't have a 2.5, which was the bare minimum. Bare minimum. You got a 2.35. If you can sustain that, we'll make a place for you. And I'm like, yes. I get to go to the college I, I kind of want to go to, and all I got to do is just lock in. And for the next two semesters, I found myself plunging down to a 2.75, two, 2.275, let's be clear. And the only reason they were even giving me a time of day, Solomon, is because I had the highest, G, uh, highest SAT score of my school. Really? Yeah. Which is nothing to brag about. I had an 1150. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, which was the highest at my school, which was inner city school in Baltimore. So, it was so mm-hmm. so much of a thing. They even, you know, they yeah. made a big to-do about it and had an assembly for me and stuff like that. But the reality is, is like, these things are contradictions the two realities pulling around like polarities, like magnets. It's like this, there's this so much potential, this in me. And then there's so much hedonistic, self-centered, selfish, lazy, stubborn yeah. energy that just is constantly pulling in at it. Just to a Opposite polarities just fighting against one another. And as much as I wanted to be successful, I didn't realize I was doing everything to not create an environment where success could thrive. 
You know? Yeah. Not because I even understood, but because I didn't want to understand. And sometimes we we think people supposed to give us credit for not understanding. Yeah. But the problem is is that you have the capacity to understand. Mm -hmm. You just don't want to. And you don't want to because you want to do so many other things. Yeah. I don't want to wake up, not because I don't want to live, but you don't because wanna... I want to sleep. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I don't, it's not like I want to be in a dirty room, but I don't want to clean my room. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not like I don't want to work out. It's just I, I don't, don't want to hurt. Yeah. You, you, you get, yeah, I'm I, talking. I get yeah, I know. You get it. You're looking at me like, baby. I understand, baby. <laughs> I, I get it. I get all of it. And it's it's a struggle. And and I feel like we just talking about this for the other people out there who like us. <laughs> and just need to hear that you're not alone. Just go ahead and tell them, Solomon. Say, Look, you're, you're not alone. <laughs> you're not alone. Just understand that there, yeah, it's, you gotta, just got to get through it. You got to get through it. How do we get through it? We get through it by just understanding that you have to you don't have to wait till it works itself out. You have to work, work yourself, yourself out of it. Take a U-turn. Yes. <laughs> we got to do it. Everything from my physical appearance, Solomon, you know, mm-hmm. my weight, everything from my health, my my business, my faith, all these things need to be worked out. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I'm doing this series right now where it's like it's called uh, by myself. And one of the next ones, <clears throat> one of the next ones is work out your own soul salvation. <clears throat> and one of the things we have to do is we have to learn how to work these things out within ourselves. Yeah. As much as Uncle Forrest want to come and hang with you and kind of coach you through these things. Mm-hmm. I'm better served to just give you the tools and then the the encouragement to know that you can do it yourself do it yourself to know that it's it's going to be hard if i gotta always be there it's going to be hard if mama gotta always be there and it's a lot of people who are adults who maybe even listen to this podcast right now who are saying i wish i had somebody to do this and do that it's like now we have to start to understand how we can work this stuff out by ourselves. By ourselves. And one of the ways we do that is we understand it. This is a code of conduct that we have to assume. It's not something mystical that must overtake us. It's something that we must take over. Yeah. That we must say, I'm going to do this. And sometimes it can be as simple as, Solomon. Just say as simple as. Just as simple as. Simple as, dot, dot, dot. It can be as simple as waking up early. As simple as forcing yourself to apply yourself in certain areas. Yeah. It's simple. It's just like people be like, man, you know, you, you, the way you talk about the word and stuff, it's like, I wish I talked like that about the word. This is not natural to me. My natural inclination is not to sit and talk about the word Solomon. It never will be. But it is my supernatural inclination. Mm. 
It is my inclination when I supersede my natural. When I force myself beyond myself, I become better than myself. Myself. And whenever I do that, in whatever regard, in whatever arena that I choose to do that, I find that I am better, better than myself. Than myself. Whenever I assume a role greater than myself, myself, I become greater than myself. Myself. That's why he told him. He said, looked at the guys. He said, "Y'all, I, I'm about to make y'all fishers of men. I'm about to help you." Be better than yourself. Yourselves. You've assumed, see, in your own energy, in your own strength, you can assume certain heights in this world. But one thing you can't do without God is be of God. And there's something about being of God that is not like being of anything else. And so many of us miss out on that. Yeah. Because they're so busy trying to have the church be trying to just prove to people that you can have everything you have in the world in God. It's not really transferable like that. Yeah. It's like going to another college and then they won't take your credits from the last college you were at. I know this seems foreign to you, but I transferred to a bunch of different colleges and I would go to other colleges and they would be like, yeah, um, so we'll take those credits. We won't take those credits. And I'm like, what? So if I come here, like all that work is gone? Like, yeah, because we don't honor their credits in that particular area. Yeah. That sucks, right? Yeah. It's the reality is, is that everything from this world ain't transferable to the next. And so somebody might be like, I worked hard for this or worked hard for that. And then Jesus is like, but you got to give all of that up. And it's hard for people to give it up. I see men struggle with it all the time. Struggle with having to give up things they work quite hard for. Give up allegiances to things they worked quite hard to get. To give up certain uh, respect and certain reputation in certain arenas that they worked hard to get. Did they know as the minute they decide to follow Christ, they lose that reputation in those arenas? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. People work hard to get things, and even when it ain't the right thing, they still feel like they should hold on to it because they worked hard to what? Get it. Get it. Where we at? I don't want that for you. What I want you to do is have discipline. And discipline Means controlling your self. And we said that that word begins with an M is is another mastery. word for self-control. Mastery. We want you to master yourself. I want Solomon to master himself. I want Forrest to master himself. The, the, the person who rules himself walks in the path that God is pleased with. And there's many people who are trying to master themselves in themselves, but yourself won't let you control yourself. Sounds weird, right? No, it sounds, it makes sense. It makes sense? Yeah, it Let me does. show you how it made sense to me when I first thought of this one day. I was like, it's like trying to slap yourself. Like, you got to work hard to try to hurt yourself like somebody else can hurt you. Like I told you right now, like give yourself a black eye. It'd be, you know what I'm saying? Like it'd be hard to do. Like you, 
it seems like it's harder to give yourself a black eye than it is to give somebody else, right? We are not designed to self-inflict, right? Yeah. Actually, anytime we self-inflict, people look at us like crazy. Yeah. You know, you heard of cutters and stuff like that, right? Yeah, self-sabotage. Right. It seems weird because... Uh, it seems it's only human nature to try to gain more for yourself, but to to give it up seems inhuman. Seems asinine, right? Asinine, right? And here's the crazy part, bro. We sabotage ourselves all the time. The only time it looks crazy to the world is when we don't concede to pleasure, right? Right. If you sabotage yourself in pursuit of pleasure, everybody understands. But if you look like you sabotage yourself by denying pleasure, everybody's like, he's crazy. Ain't that crazy? Yeah. You have people risk their whole families for lust. Right? Right. But if they take their family and say, we're not doing this because God said not to do this. Somebody say, girl, you better leave. He crazy. Right? Yeah. The reality is, as long as we sabotage ourselves for in sake of ourselves or for the sake of ourselves it's acceptable it's to acceptable ourselves. not just maybe not even just to ourselves but just to ourselves or to people it's acceptable right right you even have people say they're like well i risk it all right yeah it's, the reality is is like risk it all for what but it's okay now if i decide that i'm gonna risk it all for christ if I decide I'm going to suffer for righteousness sake and not for my stupidity's sake. If I decide that I'm going to do something for me, people understand. People be having whole families, bro, kids and everything. And they'd be like, it's time for me to focus on me. It's laughable. But that's the world. And nobody will say anything to them. But the minute they decide to focus on God, it's okay to focus on you. Try focusing on God and watch how people treat you. Nobody had anything to say when I was sabotaging my future, bro. Once I started sabotaging myself, hey, 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 hey. What's going on? You okay? You ain't yourself. Y'all was fine with me as long as I was destroying myself. But now that I'm saving myself by killing myself, I sound crazy. It just sound crazy to say that. I'm, sa- I'm saving myself to- by killing myself. Now, if I said I'm saving myself by killing you, people be like, yeah, that makes sense. Right? Right. Come on. I'm telling you, the reality is, is that to master oneself is to gain superiority over one's self. That means that my desires no longer control me. My emotions no longer control me. My actions don't longer control me. My intellect, my understanding, my interpretation, my perspective, all from a worldview, no longer control me. And when I walk in that, bro, that's dangerous. I become a dangerous man. Dangerous man. Imagine if Samson mastered himself. Oh, boy. Imagine if David mastered himself. Imagine if Cain mastered himself. Right? Imagine if Eve mastered herself. 
Imagine if Eve mastered herself. He's like, don't forget about the women, man. <laughs> imagine. We don't have to imagine. We can do what they couldn't. By mastering ourselves. So our story is not one of a cautionary tale, but one that God can rest his his hat on and, and look at and say, that's a man. Right? I don't want my story to be one to warn people. I want my story to be one to inspire people. Because that's what is missing. Men who are masters of themselves. I want you to be so successful in life, bro. But I realize if I can get you to master yourself, there's nothing you can't do. I'm trying to get you to master a skill. I'm like, do you want to learn this? (laughs) Do you want to learn this? Man, forget about all of that. Do you want to learn how to control you? Because if you can do that, you can do anything. If there's anybody who don't believe in that truth, y'all can come reach out to me. Ask me at realchurchmatters.com. Heck, email me on there. I'll give you my phone number and we can talk about it even further. Tell me how that's not true. You know what I mean? Yeah. The discipline that can be sussed from just the code of conduct. So we was talking about some simple things like controlling your emotions enough to not talk back to people. Controlling your emotions enough to, to not shut down. To not get for I don't even care if it's a good game of Scrabble. If we get so emotional that we shut down, we've not mastered ourselves. Right? Right. All we've done is flex a muscle that's going to get stronger and stronger. And so to the point where we're not just quitting board games, we're quitting the game of life. And I'm not talking about another board game. <laughs> we're talking about the game of life. And there's so many people that quit life. You hear stories about people committing suicide. And the first thing people say is, wouldn't be me. And to those people, I say, just you wait. Because the reality is, is that if you keep on flexing these muscles that don't produce discipline, there is no bounds. There isn't. I've, I've lived long enough, Solomon. The kids that I used to teach are now adults. They've done things that they told me they would never do. They've done things that they judged other people for doing. They were teenagers like, oh, I'll never cheat on my spouse. Oh, I'll never be divorced. Oh, I'll never do that. I'll never do that. I'll never. And then all of a sudden, they've lived long enough to contradict themselves. Because they were saying never, having not mastered themselves. themselves. It's unfortunate, right? You can't you can't tell yourself you won't do something if you don't even know who you are. Because if we live in a world where there's only one being above all, who better could you be than be better than yourself? In like any aspect of life, not even just trying to be better than people who are famous, people who are athletically gifted. Yeah, it's just enough being better than yourself. 
Because while LeBron has good control over uh, his body, he has good control over the game, he still can has problems with his own emotions dealing with teammates. He's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's true. <laughs> he still has problems. You say you know it's true. <laughs> yeah. 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 He, he, uh, okay. Because yeah. if there's anything that's better than being better than another person, it's being better than yourself. Yeah. Because by being better than yourself... You're already of being higher than a lot of, a lot if not all, everybody. It's what you said earlier. When you act in a way that's supernatural, you're preceding what's normal. You're yeah. preceding the type of level that's only being set by humans. Yeah. But when you put yourself in a mindset that's above human, it's just a different ballgame. And do you feel like that's attainable? Yes. I think one of the biggest hurdles that I had to overcome as a young man is I was a, a cynic. A gross cynic. And so a lot of the stuff that you talk about, about being superseding ourselves, being supernatural, are all things that I came to a realization that didn't exist. And that a man couldn't control his urges. All he could do is try to navigate them the best he can, the safest that he could. And then I found some safe ways, I thought, to navigate my setups. These are my desires. And I was like, this is the safest way. This way don't bother nobody, don't hurt nobody. It won't be babies popping up everywhere. This is the way I navigate these desires. It's, it's harmless. Right? And the reality was that once you get to the point where you say it's no use, then you don't make use of the things that can truly give you the power to do these things. A lot of times people don't even understand what it means, what it sounds like to not have faith. But I just literally told you what it means to not have faith. Yeah. It's to believe that there is no recourse to who we are except for to navigate it as best we we can. can. To know that we are all evil and to try to be as least evil as possible. Still evil. To know that we're all nasty and say, I'm just trying to be the least nasty, the least nastiest as I can be. Yeah. Yeah. And not realizing that. And this is where me as a young man, I lost that hope. Partly because I was so judgmental that with every misstep I took, I became so hard on myself. But also became in a a state of mind where I thought there was no hope for myself. So with every misstep, because none of the things I've done, I ever felt like I wanted to do. And so I always started as everything happens, you start feeling like this is uh, this is the conjuring. <laughs> you know, the, la- the latest movie is called, just called The Conjuring. The devil made me do it. <laughs> it is. <laughs> It's like even in a trailer, the dude says every every person that swears on the Bible in courtroom reaffirms the existence of God. Today, we will reaffirm the existence of Satan. And it's like, you know, it's so weird. But the reality is, is that I began to believe more in the inherent evils of this world than I was in the inherent God that existed right in me. And with every person who judged me and said, you know, you're this, you're that, right? 
I began to to meld that to me and, and not disconnect myself from it and say, that's not me, but start to say, this is all I could ever be. This is all I could ever be. Does it sound familiar? Yeah. It's tough, man. And then you get into this habit where with every mess up you do, you just beat yourself up more. And then you start beating yourself up louder because you hope that you beating yourself up will satisfy everyone else who's beating you up. It's like, are you happy? Because I'm as sick and tired of me as you are. Are you happy? I'm as frustrated with me as you are. And so we get into this nasty little centrifugal motion of constantly just consequence and regret. Consequence, shame, regret. Consequence, shame, regret. Right? All of these things just heap upon us and we so overwhelmed. You know? Yeah. And we never get to the point where we see that there is something in us that we can source from. It doesn't it's not big. It's not loud. It's not the brightest, but it's there. Still small voice, still brightness, small brightness. But the smallest brightness still shines in the dark. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And I feel like I found that. Took me a long time to find that. And I'm just trying to remind everybody that they have that. Including my nephew. It's like for everything that I fuss about. The only reason I'm fussing is because I know there's a light. And it ain't bright, but it's shining. And I know there's a voice and it ain't as loud as every other voice, but it's still talking. And we got to hold on to that, bro. I still am. That's where that song came from. It's like, Lord, I hear you knocking. I can hear you talking, talking in a still, small voice, calling me closer to you. Lord, I hear you knocking. Oh, I can hear you talking, talking in a still, small voice, calling me closer to you. And it's like, it's in those moments, bro. Did I, I wrote that song and I, I sing it to myself and it's like I have to, it's the way that I silence everything else, every voice. Even the people who mean well, sometimes their voice is louder than the voice I need to hear. Even I know Uncle Forrest sometimes, he too loud. Sometimes Uncle Forrest got to learn to be quiet so that that voice can speak. I mean, we have to have faith and hope that that voice is still Talking. Yeah. Talking. And that's why I love that song. It's not saying much. And then at the end of the song, I'm just I just keep saying, I can hear you. I did you just almost have to just remind yourself. And then you find comfort in just saying, I can hear. I can hear. And do I love what I hear? No. Because what I hear is telling me to go left instead of right. It's telling me to go up instead of down. It's telling me to stand up. It's telling me not to lay down, not to quit. It's telling me to fight. It's telling me to no longer give in. It's telling me to resist and not submit. It's telling me to go forward and not go back. It's telling me to eat and not 
reject. It's telling me to love and not hate. It's telling me to care and not give up. It's telling me so much, Solomon. And I just got to stop sometimes. Right? Right. And these are those beautiful moments, man. It's like even sitting here with you, just talking with you. And I love that we're literally just talking, just happen to have the microphones just floating. But we're just having a conversation we always have. Right? Right. And in the midst of these conversations, there's life. And I feel like every time we do this, we're writing our own book of Proverbs. Same way it was, there was an older person that was reminding a young man about what matters in life. What's important. And what's already hidden right inside of you. As Ecclesiastes says, eternity is hidden in your heart. It just needs to be sussed. It needs to be revealed. You're like, you know, every person that ministered it speaks to you. Every loved one that gives you the word and the gospel is like an archaeologist. <laughs> we just trying to find the artifacts. The things that have existed before you existed, that exist in you. Man, that was awesome. Hey, <laughs> That was awesome. You gotta, you gotta hit the green one for me. <laughs> the green one. That's not green. That's turquoise. Real church. There yes. you go. <laughs> you. We have to suss what existed before you that exists within you. The ancient ways that God has placed within you, that your grandmother has placed within you, that your mother, that your uncle, that everybody who's ever spoke the word in you has placed in you. And then one day you're going to do that for somebody else. But these are old truths, living in new people all the time. And we have to hold on to the old truths, not the old ways. You know what I'm saying? We mix it together. People are like, the old church is leaving. It's like the old culture of church needs to go. And it'll die out with that generation. But there's certain habits that won't die out in people until we start to take on God's way. You know, they keep saying racism will go away once all these old people go. No. (laughs) It's it's always going to find a host. It's always. There's no way it's going to die out until people choose to die. Not physically, but choose to die to all of that mess. And honestly, the world is not set up for people to move in that way. Not in unison, not in concert. But there's always going to be a remnant of people who believe in God and do exactly that. Yeah. And my prayer is that it's you as as much as my prayer is that it's me. Right? Right. And so I appreciate this. I think it was great. Um yeah, it's it's one of those things, Solomon, where the more we read these scriptures and we understand and embrace discipline, the more we embrace mastering ourselves, the more we put ourselves in a position to see who the real enemy is, which is us, <laughs> the more we decide to not sabotage ourselves in the wrong way. 
but sabotage ourselves in a good way. The more we make those decisions, the more the sky is the limit. And eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard, nor has entered into the heart of the man what you can be. I don't know what that is. And I don't care. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like, like you said, people like LeBron or Kobe. It's not about whether they'll have a good game. That's not even a question no more. Is it ever a question? The question is, what, uh, uh, what, uh, what amazing thing will they do? Right? Right. It's, it's must-see TV because we don't know what amazing thing they will do. They will find some way to astound us, some way to impress us. Because they already have created an environment where nothing, nothing can prevent them from being great, except for an injury. They have a mastery of the game and a mastery of themselves where they can. The question is only how. Not if, but how. They're going to impact the game. How? Right? right. They might not win, but they're still going to impact the game. Right? Right. So, let's be great. Let's be great. Let's be great. This was good. You know? Um,. It was a good conversation Yeah You feel it was? I feel it was awesome Every single time man You come I enjoy it I have enjoyed you This whole week Um He's been hanging with me The whole week Just enjoying the summer And enjoying learning And having good conversations Having fun Beating people up in Scrabble That type <laughs> of stuff But all you people That made it to Minute 45 Thank you. And uh, Real Church Matters, God bless.